So this past Wednesday morning, I headed out on what I planned to be a 21-mile bike ride. I'm finally able to start cycling again. It was something I used to do a whole lot, and I'm like, hey, again, no summer classes, I've got time, so I headed off on my normal route. Now, my normal route takes me down to Sudan Road, over by the fairgrounds, and then out towards Samanak. There's a couple roads I jumped down to just on the north edge of Samanak, and then back up to Sudan Road, and then all the way to Route 23. There's a church there on Route 23 in Sudan Road that I stop at, take a drink, just kind of look at everything, and then I head back the same way. It's a route I have literally ridden easily 75 times, if not more than 100 times. I know that route really well. So I get all the way out there to Sudan Road, do my little stop break, start heading back. I'm feeling good. I'm like, ah a good 21-mile ride. And there's a Sudam Road just before Samanak Road, which there's a stop sign there, has an S-curve. So I'm rounding the S-curve, and something kind of stops me. Road closed signs. Sudam Road is closed. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Like an hour ago, I was on this road, and now it's closed. What's, I know how to get home. I've ridden this road enough times that I know how to get home. I need to go straight. I'm the expert. I, I've ridden this enough. I'm an expert. I was actually almost hit by a deer on that road right, right there a couple of times, but the same deer, almost twice. It like ran in front of me, paralleled me, ran back in front of me. I know this road, but I couldn't go on it. I was not allowed to go on it. So I had to detour up Samanak Road, over to Pratt Road, to West Sandwich Road, and then home. Added an additional mile. Not what I had planned. Not the route I had planned to take. Not the route that, as the expert, was the plant, was the route that I ended up having to take to actually get home. But if I wanted to get home, it's what I had to do. So even though I was an expert, I had it wrong. Life is that way. Things are not always how you would like them to be. Now, perhaps you've been given a goal or a destination. But it, maybe it doesn't seem like you're heading in that direction. Or perhaps when you get there, it's nothing like what the experts said it would be. Maybe a road closed barrier has been placed in your way. Maybe a speed bump occurs. Maybe a pandemic, an illness, a job loss, or you name it occurs. Things are not going your way, and you don't seem to be going in the right direction or the way you think you should be going. God has everything under control. Now, the experts say and, and told me for the last three and a half years, because again, I just recently got my teaching degree, 
So the experts over the last three and a half years have told me this is how teaching is going to look like. Okay? We will prepare you and give you the tools, Chris, that you need to become an effective teacher. Through the teacher preparation program, through the College of Education, through other teachers, even through the one that I married, Amy, who we're about ready to celebrate our our 22nd anniversary, but she's taught for 20 years. I know what I'm getting into. So she's an expert at this. This is how teaching is going to be. This is what you need to do to teach. This is how the beginning of the school year is going to be. They're all wrong. Yes, Amy, even you. 20 years of experience. I'm here at the pulpit saying that my wife was wrong. I know I'll probably hear about it later on, but I think she gets why I'm saying this. The destination of becoming a teacher is what God had told me. But how it looks is vastly different from what the experts said. So my pathway to my teaching degree took many different and weird and strange routes. I had to retake the ACT. Now, it's not because my ACT scores were low, but because a quarter of a decade ago, or I'm sorry, a quarter of a century ago, yes, 25 plus years ago, when I took the ACT right after right my junior year, it was actually my senior year because of the move out here from California, they didn't offer the written portion. It, it wasn't part of the ACT. Well, to get into the College of Education now, you have to have both a written and a composite is what they call it. Well, they didn't offer the written back then, so you can't just take the written portion. So here I was, a 40-year-old, standing in a room with hundreds of juniors in high school, up at Wabonzi, on a Saturday morning, waiting to take the ACT. Again, like, they could be my own kids. And here I am, standing in a room with them, Bunch of juniors in high school. They're all looking at it like, what's this old fogey doing here? What in the world is some sort of creep or what? It was the way it was. It was one of the things I had to do. I had to take classes that were required for my teaching degree, but honestly didn't help. I had professors who didn't care. I had to work part-time while going to school full-time and having a family. There were things that set me down a path that looked like I was going in the wrong direction. And fortunately, so many of the frustrations and the struggles that I had gone through during that journey, I've forgotten. And I'm sure Amy and and the kids can attest to that. That there, time and time again, there were speed bumps, there were barriers that were placed up that just were like, is this really ever going to happen? In Genesis chapter 37, we start reading about, it's a story of Joseph and how he was given a dream by God. So let's turn to Genesis chapter 37. We're going to look at verses 5 through 10. 
Genesis 37, 5 through 10. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf rose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come down to bow ourselves to the ground before you? Now that was a dream given to Joseph by God. It was a destination, if you will, something that will happen. But his pathway to get there wasn't straight. It wasn't a 53.41 mile due south route. First, his brothers were going to kill him, but instead they decided to sell him to some Ishmaelites, Midianite traders, in verse 28, who then took Joseph to Egypt. Now, remember, Joseph's dreams were that his brothers were going to bow down to him. His brothers didn't live in Egypt. So, okay, wait, God, so you've given me this dream that my brothers are going to bow down to me, but now I'm in Egypt. My brothers don't live in Egypt. Hmm, okay. Then Joseph was purchased by Potiphar in Genesis chapter 39. And Joseph had success running Potiphar's household until Potiphar's wife turned her eye to him. He then gets sent to prison for something that he didn't even do. Again, okay, his brothers are supposed to bow down to him. Brothers try to kill him, instead decide to sell him, goes to Egypt, ends up in Potiphar's house, has success, then ends up in prison for something he didn't do. Okay, wait a minute. But God, there's, there's this dream you've given me. There's this goal you've given me. There's this destination you've given me. It's not looking that like it's going to happen. How can this be? How can this happen? Genesis 39:21 states, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So wait a minute. This still wasn't the resolution of Joseph's dream, or actually both his dreams. In chapter 40, Joseph interprets two prisoners' dreams, which both came true. And then in 41 verse 40, I'm sorry, in chapter 41, he interprets Pharaoh's dream, which comes true. And then in chapter 41, verse 40, Pharaoh makes Joseph the second most powerful man in the world. But his brothers weren't around. And therefore, his dreams still couldn't come true. 
his, the goal that God has, had given him, still hadn't come true or couldn't come true. It wasn't until many years later, in Genesis chapter 42, verse 6, that Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him, their faces to the ground. From Genesis 37, where we're introduced to Joseph's dreams, to Genesis 42, verse 6, is a, the, the scholars agree that it's a span of approximately 22 years. So scholars agree that Joseph was right about 17 when he had the dream and was sold, and was between 39 and 40 years old when his brothers came down and bowed before him. Talk about a, a twists and turns and, and paths that did not look like it was going to happen, but it did. Could God have given Joseph a straight path? Absolutely. But he didn't. If we look at David, David was anointed king by Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Now, it's, the, the scholars kind of say that David was between the ages of 10 and 13 years old at that time when he was anointed by Samuel. In 1 Samuel 17, David, now probably at the age of uh, 15 to 17 years old, defeats Goliath. Okay, so two years and he's still not king. Eight years later, Saul, still the king of Israel, tries to kill David in 1 Samuel 19. Approximately 32 years after David was anointed king of Israel by Samuel, he is publicly anointed king over all of Israel in 2 Samuel 5.17. It wasn't a straight path. Now, countless times throughout my own experience, the unexpected has come up. Having to take the ACT again, having a hot water heater go out, having to take summer classes, having to do clinicals, which is kind of like fake teaching almost, up in Elgin or Algonquin. Yes, I had to do both. Being classically trained by professionals on how to teach, only to find that the training does not help me teach virtually or the way that I'm going to have to teach starting next month. When Jesus, the Messiah, came, even his disciples following what the experts had said about the Messiah, thought that Jesus would restore Israel politically. In Acts chapter 1, verse 6. It says, now this is, this is Jesus. So when they had, or this is the disciples talking to Jesus after he had come back after he had risen from the grave. So when they had come together, they being the disciples, they asked him, Lord, will you now at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So basically his disciples asked if Jesus was going to restore the kingdom of Israel. It wasn't, it wasn't the path that the experts had said. And Jesus is like, um, no, no, that's not why I came. 
I'm not here to be a political leader. It doesn't, the end didn't look like what the experts had said. So why, we ask ourselves, when we're given a dream, an anointing, or a direction, is the path not straight? Now, sometimes the reason is for us. We need to experience going through Ottawa or Morris. We need to learn and grow to broaden our horizons. Sometimes it's for others. Perhaps there's someone in Ottawa or Morris that is going to be blessed by God through you, or God is using you to show them something just by the simple fact of you traveling through Ottawa or Morris. Or perhaps you may never know. God is God and doesn't owe you an explanation. He doesn't owe me an explanation. His providence reigns supreme, and his purpose is righteous, just, and good. And you may never find out. Other times you will. There will be some times that you do find out. Sometimes you won't. But how you react is your choice. You can sit and complain, saying that you know best. You know that due south is where you need to go. Or you can trust in him. You can submit and trust that God knows and will guide you to the destination he has revealed for you. And that it will happen at the perfect time. So we have many examples throughout the Bible of paths not being easy, quick, and direct. So why should we listen to the experts of our day, even if that expert is ourself? Again, I knew how to get home on my bike ride, but I couldn't. I couldn't go that way. As much of an expert that I was, I couldn't even follow myself being the expert. We need to be patient. Even if you're not a doctor or a nurse, you need to have patience. Yes, that was kind of my one pun in the sermon. Yeah, it's bad, but hey, you know, it's all good. God knows where you're going and how you're going to get there. I love it in Psalms 119.105. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, how many of you have ever used a lamp? Some? Okay. How many of you have ever used a flashlight? Okay, so a flashlight is kind of like the modern version of a lamp. But both a lamp and a flashlight only shine so bright around you. They do not light up everything around you like the sun does. Right? It's only a certain area. And you may have a super, super bright light, flashlight, or whatever, yet it still doesn't light up a path around you brighter than the sun does. So we need to trust that he who is holding the lamp knows where you are going and knows the best path for you to get there. You need to remind yourself like I do, when the experts weigh in, 
to trust God, trust his providence in everything. If the experts would have been right, we still would have been separated from God and sin would reign supreme in our lives. And maybe the nation of Israel would have been restored 2,000 years ago. But that separation of God would still be there. God knows the bigger picture. So how do we remind ourselves when God has given you a destination and the path or maybe even the end doesn't look the way it should or maybe the way you thought it should? When an illness gets in the way, when a pandemic occurs, when you must travel through a city, what do you do? Get into the word. Reread 1 Corinthians 125 that says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weaknesses of God stronger than men. At the end of Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, Joseph, speaking to his brothers after their father died, said, As for you, you meant evil against me, but as for God, he meant it for good. Now, maybe your marriage doesn't look like the way you thought it would, or perhaps your job is nothing like you or the experts said it would look like. Does that mean that you're not exactly where you're supposed to be? Be impactful where you are at. Pursue God where you are at. Love others where you are at. And serve the world where you are at. Pray and read the Bible where you are at. Now you may say, I didn't sign up for this. It, whatever it is for you, whatever it looks like for you, doesn't look the way I thought it would or how I was told it would look. You might think you're headed in the wrong direction or that you're not going the right way. Now, if you're living in sin, yes, you are going the wrong direction. But if you are following Christ and daily ingesting his word, then you might need to just let God use you where you are at and send you down the path he has for you. Taking into account whatever road close signs occur, whatever east and west paths may occur when you're trying to go south. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that our lives as Christ followers are going to be easy. But following Christ is fulfilling. And focused on Christ and not on you is really what it's all about. Remember that the whole reason you're going through this might not be for you. And you might not get to see the reason behind it. But God will and does use you for his providence. Rest in that. Rely on that. Rest in his word. Rely on his word. Don't try to be the expert. Take the biblical perspective when listening to the experts. My first year of teaching is quickly coming up and it's not going to look the same way that I was told. 
not the way I was trained, not the way I spent all those years preparing for. And that's okay. Remember Joseph, David, even the disciples. Keep your eyes focused on Christ and trust in the creator of everything. Remember what Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. For all the Oh!